podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to The Brew, and this week we've got a very special guest. We've got Mr. Stephen Housen, and also some bloke called Fabrice Mwamba. <laughs> anyway, um, do you know, yesterday was 10 years since Fabrice Mwamba's incident on the pitch. 10 years. 10 years. It's flown by that, isn't it? United were good when that happened. We were good, weren't we? It's like a different world then, doesn't it? It does seem like a different world. Yeah. A lot of people in the comments asking about that and saying we should talk about it. Well, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I put him on the thumbnail. Yeah, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It'd be good if we had a minute to talk about it as well, like, but <laughs> I know people assume that he's going to be here because he's on the thumbnail, but Max Rashford was on the thumbnail yesterday and he wasn't in it. Fred was on the thumbnail this morning. I haven't seen Fred in yeah. weeks. Ten Hag was on one yesterday. Yeah. Wasn't so, talking to him. So I think people need to... Temper their expectations a bit, really. Do you reckon Fabrice knows anything about the 1991 Cutman's Cup? There's only one way to find out. Yeah, Fabrice, do you know anything about the 1991 Cutman's Cup? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you asked me, I said, what's that? This is over. No, fucking nah, Come on. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Stephen. All right, mate, thank you for joining us. No worries, sir. Good are you, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for having me. No, no, um, so. Not going to just be morbid on here. Yeah. Obviously, it was a horrendous incident. I'm sure you remember it well. Yeah. Um, but there are there is there is some good news yeah. this week at least as well, which is worth talking to you about. You're getting back into football. Yes. Um, I'm not going to take all the credit for that, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to take a little bit, 75% of the yes, credit for that. Yes, I agree with you on yeah. that one. That's generous of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, we got Fabrice back into football. I think is the way we say it. Prestigious See. job of temporary assistant manager for me. What a game. Me, what right? a game. He, te- <laughs> he, he, texts, he texts me these things. <laughs> Fabrice Mwamba's helping me coach in the team this week. And I'm like, shut up. You know the thing about it, yeah? Have you been drinking? No, no, no. The thing about it, I see him, yeah? It's very quiet. He not touched that. He's a different guy. I'm looking at him thinking, <laughs> oh my God. He's like, who the fuck said I was quiet? Very quiet. No, seriously. Like, he's very professional. Right, okay. And he touched that. I was like, Wow, he's a different guy. You know? and <laughs> What's he like for me? And the best, the best to last, right? One of the, one of the fans, I think, walked past him. You know what this guy did? <laughs> Stick his leg out. And, the guy, and I literally, he literally disrupted. He went crazy. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You're calming influence on stage. Do you know what? I meant to ask you, what did you do when it went off? Because it was like... And everybody was going crazy. It was, was like a like, 20, 30 man sort of... It wasn't quite a brawl. It wasn't everyone punching, but it was like, it went off, didn't it? Both teams. Everything coming in. There was fans in and everything. Was you just sat down? Still? I was just sitting there thinking, <laughs> okay. This is, uh... has, has this man not been through enough? Do you reckon he went to fights in South <laughs> Manchester or wherever you were? But honestly speaking, now. I like how he carried himself in the touchdown because not everybody can control himself. You know, and they were coming for him from the moment the game started. Yeah. They were after Stephen. Everything that he do, they were just after him. And it takes somebody with a special skill to control himself because I would have just lost it then. then. But so even though the result wasn't went according to the plan, but it was just good to see him in, in his element there. So I'm happy for him. So on the back of us, there you go. Anyway, yeah, fucking seeing whether Fabrice can get in a mixer and get in a thirty-man brawl. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he's got himself a, a little job at um, a little local club yeah. called Bolton. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that, Fabrice. <laughs> now we've, we've been having a conversation in a while for Bolton, and uh, I was wanted to go back and play the game and also help the, the, the kids. You know, for me, it's all about the next generation. 
And when they when the opportunity came around and to have a conversation with them, I couldn't turn it down, you know. And I think also me personally, I have a huge affiliation with Bolton, with the club, the how they helped me through during my my trouble time. And I just feel like it was a no-brainer if the opportunity came around to see, you know, I have to take in both hands. Looking forward to getting back in there, get my hand dirty in, and looking forward to coaching kids as well. Has that been something over the last sort of ten years you've been looking towards to eventually get back into football? Yeah, not not just that. Even when I stopped playing. I had my coaching badge. I spent time at Liverpool. I spent time at City. Spent time at Birmingham City. So I had moment in the pitch, but it just never come to terms of getting a job in a, in, a, in a football club. So that can be a bit doubt. You can you almost doubt yourself as as a person? But now, like the opportunity came around to go back in your former club, and you know I can't turn that down. You were the under 16s as well, innit? Yes. What I'm a looking. critical age that is as well. Yeah, because that age is almost like make or break it really for most of these kids, you know. So one minute, one of them can go further, have one or might not, you know, get taken out of the game. You never hear or never or hear from them again. So for me, it was more about just trying to help them as much as I can and pass on my knowledge, what I've learned in the past. And hopefully we can get one or two footballers coming out of the academy. I, I think there's the uh, teams, especially Bolton Statue, and I've said this for a long time, I used to say Newcastle as a Premier League example, like, they're never really competing for the top world-class stars. Why not spend money on your academy? Transfer fees are so much now. You can bring through your own homegrown. It rarely, it's rarely wasted money, is it, when you spend in your academy? No, I, I agree with you. And I think that's why the, the, the attachment area we've got to look at into bringing a lot of kids from around Bolton to come into the academy. As I said, we're competing against Maina, Man City, Blackburn, Liverpool, Burnley. And Bolton used to be a cut one club. Now we're category three. Three. Yeah, because we're at Premier League. If we don't have the facility, all the other club have. So for us, it's more about bringing young players. We would definitely rely on the academy. We would definitely rely on having good recruitment. And just about us as a coach is spend time with the boys, encouraging them and learn, teaching them the right way. And hopefully when they make their way to the to the first team, they'll be able to add value to the team and hopefully add more value in a, in a in market as well. I'm glad you're back in the mix anyway. No. Um, I thought, even though the result didn't go to plan, I thought it was a real boost to my lads having you in the dressing room. No, I, um, I, I enjoyed it because also to sit there, it reminded me, somebody reminded me of myself. And I look at them thinking, wow, I used to be like this, you know? You know? And then um, I really like when after the game, the celebration, I was like, boys, you just... Listen how they're going around the way. Next time you get to face them, or whenever it is you get to face them, just remember that feeling. And they also came up with the idea that we that we don't spend enough time together. We're a team, but we're not a team off the field. Yeah. That it takes real responsibility and people with character saying, you know what, we need to do better off, off the field as well. So which is good. It was it's good, man. Uh, do get involved as well. There's a few people commenting for Brees. Oh, there's loads of things we're going to get yeah, into. So. Oh, we're going to talk about Big Sam. Yeah. Um, get involved in the chat. Coming through Arsenal's Academy with you. And then anything you guys want to get into as well. Um, should we start on that? Arsenal's Academy. Someone says you've got an interesting story how you got into the Arsenal Academy. So my, how I got to the Academy, how I even got to, into going to train with the Academy, uh, I had a friend who was already in the Academy. And he came from Sierra Leone. Very talented guy, very talented. I actually went to watch the game on on some Monday with him against Crystal Palace or Man City. And also were willing to do anything for him because he was that technically gifted, but also more focused on technical players. And he came from Sierra Leone and his English wasn't the best. So I was in England already four years, so my English became fluent, but he spoke French and I spoke French. And we helped each other in the classroom, 
And one day he said to me, oh, I play for Arsenal. I was like, all this long you and I sit down in the classroom, we talk. <laughs> you never mentioned this to keep me. It, keep it on the line. Like, oh, I, I never really talk about it. I was like, okay. It's <laughs> like, but if you want, I can take you to my coach. And he's like, do you want me to say, yeah, I can take you to my coach and, and you know, introduce to them and hopefully they can let you play. Do you know how mental that is? Um, I'll just bring you bring to it, a it, Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, and then the coach. Like yeah. I mean, what year is this as well? Arsenal was, this is when Arsenal were good as well. This is where Arsenal were very sort of peak. Peak of yeah. it, yeah. And then. Just come training. Yeah. We <laughs> arranged, because where the training ran is to my parents' house, it's about 10 minute walk. And from his house, about 40 minutes. So he, we arranged to meet in the training ground and then from there, make an introduction. And um, I walked in there, I was the first one in, but he wasn't in there. So I walked in there and there's the academy coach there. There's like a, hi, my name is Fabrice. Uh, my friend Rashid, who's here, and asked me to come and play football with you. Like. <laughs> can you scale? Like, can you imagine like, somebody, like, somebody coming in here now? Of course he did. Me, Hello, was that security? Yeah, yeah. Kid here again. And they're like, they look at me weird, but because they were willing to do anything for Rashid, they're like, oh, okay, we'll let you have a training with us, and that will be it for you. And uh, I just took the most opportunity, and I just graphed. And then the moment that they saw me training, they're like, okay, we'll give you a six-week trial. And then from six weeks, it's like, you're good, but you're not good enough for us. We'll keep you in the B team. And the B team, we had about five people. And then they're like, one of the guys in my position got injured at the A team, and I jumped in there. And from there, that was me. That's, that's a crazy story. Yeah. Yeah. You, just, like, you, you turn up there. You're all like, I'm Mason Rashid. Can I, yeah. can I come and train? <laughs> can I come and train? What was, the, what was it like in the academy? Was anyone in that team around the same time that went on to, to, no, to do we, well? I was... Yeah, above oh, Jamie Har was yeah above me, and uh, when we went to full time now, that's when we had Fabregas coming in, Nicholas Bentner. We had quite a lot of guys who've gone in and do well, and Johan Giroud. But uh, it was more of a, I, I realized that when you go to the academy level, in terms of like every single day, it's all about how many time, how many touch on the ball would you have, how much you want it. Don't get me wrong, you've worked harder to get in there. Now, can you even work harder to stay in there? And I just felt like the more I spend time on the ball, the more I'll have a chance. No, no saying that I, would go, I also would give me a chance to play in the first team, but I just say I'm given a chance as long as I work harder for it. And I said I wasn't the most gifted footballer in that team, but I had to work harder to be in the team. It's a great story. <laughs> How did your friend get on the show? Did he? Rashid never made it. Did he not? Never made it. But he's my best friend. He's like, yeah. he was the best friend at my wedding. Uh, he's a godfather to my first son. I'm a godfather to his son. So, like, we're very good friends. So, it wasn't, there wasn't any jealousy or anything? No, no, no. He's <laughs> it, it, like, hang on a minute. Like, I took him down there. He was more happy for me, say, Fabrice, like, because you deserve, you work hard, you deserve to be. Zero of those talent that never really tried. Yeah. But I mean, talented is. Anybody else will tell you, Rashid. Just the name Rashid alone, yeah. I also be like, oh my God. Like, he's, he was that gifted, and he is gifted. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? It is mad. And then from there, obviously, you took a real gamble coming to Bolton, um, but it paid off in a big way for you. Yeah, but well, even before Bolton, we, we had to go on loan to Birmingham City. And, uh, and the, the decision was more like last week of preseason. The first team, Arsenal, were going to Austria as a pre-season camp. And uh, Mr. Wenger said to me, listen, I can't guarantee you you'll beat my squad. And this is like, you're my, I can't guarantee you beat my matchday squad. But if you stay around, you might get opportunity. 
And then there's another side, you know, Birmingham knocking on the door. So listen, we just got relegated to the Premier League. Come over, we'll give you a chance to play men's football. And I always tell young players that if you have a chance to play men's football, don't even think about it twice. Just go. And I went alone. Week later, Nicholas came in, Seb Larson came in. So all three of us went alone to a well-established well established Premier League team that's got relegated to the Championship. And we have to earn the right to get into the team. And I mean, it was the best learning experience for me. Best, ever. I mean, I would say, as I said earlier, it's the best thing I've done for, for me. That, but I think you've always had, from you know, the little I know of you, you've always had that mentality of work first. And I think that's why you achieved stuff in the game, where you know, perhaps maybe your yeah. friend and others, and others haven't done. Do you think that's something that's missing from a lot of young players now, is that they get to the academy and go, made it. it Not, see, now it starts. What I see a lot of young players, is they like the idea of become a footballer, but they don't have the passion, the hunger, the desire to stay down, stay behind, work extra harder, you know. Because, you know, obviously when you're in, in a team, there's 23 man squad. I can only name 11 people. And if you're not in the 11 man squad, there will be the bench. If you're not in the bench, then you'll be, you're not in the, in, in the match day squad. It takes a huge, it takes someone with a strong mentality to say, you know what, no problem at all. I'll go back out there, I'll practice, I'll train hard. I'll make sure that by the time we come in training on Monday, regardless of the result, I want to be in the manager's frame of mind. And I don't see many footballers like that. You know, I, I really don't. And, and, and they're not to be saying, I'm better than anybody. I'm just saying, a lot of guys that you watch, I can say, it's good, but if he really gets hard, does he really have what it takes to like roll his sleeve up and say, let, let, you know, let's go, let, let's work out for the team. And that's how the game is. That's how they look at the game. The game is six, you, go, you know, prime example, Deli Ali. Unbelievable. Came from, you know, MK Don, broke into the first team, big money moved to Tottenham. For whatever reason, it's just not the same person. And that different manager, it's just gone down and down. Now, Everton, Everton, you can't even get to start in 11. So you really have to ask you the question, what is he doing wrong? No, we're saying Deliali is a bad player, but it's just that what is he doing not to be the level that he was at? And that's just boiled down to hard work. You know, hard work. Yes, we all earn good money. Put the money to the side, but the love that you have for football, you have to want to do it, if, regardless if you got one pound or ten pound. I was saying this to Ronnie uh, yesterday, and I was talking about when you first started playing football, whether you're eight, nine, ten, you're eleven. No matter what it is, you just want to play with the best players you can at the best level you can. And nowhere does money come into that for years. Even when he was at, like Ronnie was at Liverpool, when you was at Arsenal, I bet you wasn't even ever thinking about the money. You're nah. just thinking, I just want to play. Stephen, I remember the first time I was training, training the first team. That was like Christmas to me. Like I, I went home I, after training. First person I called, I called Rashid. I said, Rash, I said, guess what? I said, I trained with the first team. I said, no way. I said, Fab. And I said, Rash, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, they were calling me Fab. Like, <laughs> you're like, Stephen, I was like a kid. And that feeling and that, that moment, I was like, I want more of this. And the only way you can get it by going out there and putting the shift in. And I just want more of it. And the more you do it, the more happy you feel like, then the more you're like, nah, this is what I want. As a living, if it is the one for your living, then you have to put your blood sweat on it. We've had um, a couple of questions coming from members actually to Fabrice. Yeah. Um, one of them actually ties in with this. This is from Caleb Dietz. This is on our 
chat, our Telegram chat, and he says about the sort of players' mentality now. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's changed younger players and their mentality? Do you think it's changed for better or worse, or do you think it's similar the, to when the, you were the mentality of young players is worse now? Yeah, uh, you know, you've got so many people around them who not really looking out for the best interest of the the, the career of the, the young players. You know, an average playing career. How long do you reckon is an average playing football career? Eighteen to thirty-five. What about? It's not though, is it? Because fifteen I years. Most are breaking in at twenty-three. All right, ten, seven, ten, seven, seven, eight seven, years. seven, eight years. Yeah, six oh, years. Six years. Six years. Well, I was going to say fifteen until he corrected me. Six years. Six years. Six years. That's nothing. That's it. It's fifteen if you mint. Yeah, yeah. If you like. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So six years. Six years to make your mark and you make your mark. To, uh, to yeah. But then, not many of them play for six years. Not many of them stay at the top for six years. No. It's not six years or thirty-eight games either. There I'm you go. 15 in some of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about, yes, you have the goal, but you have to have the hunger of staying in touch with the game, staying extra doing the work. And, and, and I'll just say, I went to one of the Premier League training ground. Okay, training ground finished at, training finished at 12 o'clock. When they meet me, they're half past 12. They meet me finish at 1 o'clock. By 5 plus 1, the whole training ground was clear. <laughs> Literally clear. Yeah. Everybody went home. You're like, nobody's doing extra work. And that team got relegated in the end of the season. Really? Yeah. Do you, um, is that something then in terms of advice? Because you're obviously, you know, you've been working with the youngsters mm -hmm. now, the 16-year-olds. What sort of advice would you be giving to them? Is that something you'd be saying about doing that little bit? Yeah, extra about it's not it's like, it's not rocket science. Stay behind. Yeah. Let's put that, let's put that work in. You know, even though that I, I'm tall, one of the issues that I had coming up in the academy, I couldn't hit the ball. Right. And I was fortunate that I had Steve Ball as my coach. And we'll spend 20 to 30 minutes just heading the ball. Just heading the ball. And the key to heading the ball is the timing. And I was just getting the timing wrong. And I mean, every day for about four months, I just kept doing that, kept doing that, kept doing that. And it just become normal to me. And I think young players, they're so quick to, once they master, once they go better at it, they stop working at it. You can't do that. Yeah. You have to stay behind and practice again. Practice your, your, your weaknesses because the competition is facing right now. Yeah. It's not just it's not the, the pool is not just in England. It's everywhere. If you if you can't get a player in England, Man City will go to Man to, to Spain to Spain and get the best player in there to get your position. Yeah. So you don't want to give people the the excuses to not to like you. You have to really put you know, put yourself in their position, put in their faces, showing that you're turning up every single day. You're working hard, regardless if you win or lose. And I'll say this: one of the hardest working players I've seen, my two eyes. And this is when we got set up in England under 21 and, and we were in a, in a tournament. James Milner. Yeah. Oh my word, I tell you, this guy is, doesn't surprise me to see where he is now. It does not surprise me one bit. Does he just put the work in? Every day. Yeah. Not one, every single day. Practice free kick, practice penalty, in the gym, after training, before training. You look at it thinking, this guy doesn't stop. And to see him win the Premier League, win the Champions League, you have to be happy for the guy because he worked hard yeah, for it. I don't know if I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get much, uh, much happiness for that James Milner on this I channel. I played for City uh, and oh, Leeds and Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah mean, good for him. Yeah, we look, yeah well big done. fans. <laughs> uh, do you think then, though, um, obviously you're going to be working for a club now. Yeah. Do you say, as a club, we implement extras and make them train afterwards, or do you want to see who's got the character? that's self-motivated to train because the outcome might not be the same even yeah. if they're, you know, they're staying behind. You've got, you, you've got to win it first, but I'm here if you need me. Yeah. 
Right. You got. I can't keep telling you go and train, train. No, no, no. Yeah. It has to be come inside you. So you say, listen, lads, you want to do one to ones. One to one. You want to do analysis. You want to do strength and conditioning. You want to look about your diet. Come talk to Uncle yeah. Fab. Otherwise, that's because otherwise it. you don't want to be like headmaster where you're banging people. Say, hey, hey, come on, come. No, it has to come from inside. He said, if I want to do it, then I'm gonna put myself out there. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna come in and ask question. And I said, when we're coming up at Arsenal, we they used to have a, we used to have a. DVD. So everybody in your position, you have a DVD of the first team player in that position. You really have to watch this DVD 30 to 40 times and see how this individual does, see how he plays. Before the stats start coming through, we used to just have a DVD and we watch. And I will watch Patrick, I'll watch Gilberto Silva, I'll watch Edu, in those guys in my position. And you see, okay, this is what they're doing, this is what they do. You just learn by it. And there's a many way you can learn the game. You know, and with the access of technology and internet, you should you guys should be spending time and just mastering, the, you know, their skills and trying to get better at it. Do you want to do that one or do you want to cut to the ad? We'll have an ad and then we've got another question that someone sent in for you, Fabrice. No so worries. It's a quick advert. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Yes, you can get your winter bush looking ready for springtime. And Manscaped have got you covered. And you can also get free shipping and 20% off. There's a link in the description. Because let's have it right. We all want to look our best as the winter months end and the spring ones begun, don't we? Or begin even. We want to look nice. We want to look good for our lady friend or our male friend, whoever it is, just for ourselves when we look at ourselves in the mirror and go, what's going on down there, man? What's all that about? We want to sort it out, don't we? And thankfully, with Manscaped, you can because you've got the lawnmower 4.0. Yes, that's the sort of technology we're talking about. None of your 3.0 nonsense. We're on a 4.0. We've got your weed whacker for your nose and hair trimmer. Yes, I'm at that age where I do need to trim my older nasal hairs. And we've also got the crop preserver ball deodorant. You've got your anti-chafing boxes. You've got your little bag there so you can come off the coach like you're one of the players give a little thumbs up to the cameras or maybe just get, you know, get your missus or your kids to line up and film you like you are a footballer if that's the kind of thing you're into. <laughs> Not that I am. Um, because let's face facts, we've all met someone where we've gone, look at the nose hair on him. Hey, look at him. Look at the hair coming out of his ears. Look at the hair coming out of his pants. Jesus, wept. What's going on there? He needs to sort that out. Don't forget as well, there's more. There's actually more. If you purchase now, you don't get one free gift. You get two free gifts. So make sure you purchase now to get you two free gifts. Your balls will thank you. So click in the link in the description for 20% off and free shipping. If you can have shipping, you want it to be free, and it is, make sure you click in the link in the description. Can't so, drink. Vegans can't drink. Big thanks to Manscaped for that. Um, <laughs> we've got another question for Fabrice uh, in our Telegram chat for the members. Um, and this says, how were United viewed by Arsenal back then? Was there, were they hated? Were they admired? Was there any bitterness? Did you get any vibe of like, uh, you, any attention you towards always, United? When you, when you face Man United, regardless if you're the youth level first team, you know you're going to be in for a tough game. And United, I didn't particularly... I'm trying to think one. who your age is. So when we play... United first and the eight eight and the seventeen game was uh, what's his name again? Oh. Even blank black. Ivan oh Silviani Bunsen. Yeah, he ah, was up front. Yeah. <coughs> Chris Eagle. Of course, uh, Chris Eagle. Uh, there's a uh, Florent, the midfield player. Angola. Yeah, him. United were tough. That was yeah. a that was a FA Youth Cup winning uh, side. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We end up. Getting one one as it's when the game finished one one, but United was just a you, you know facing United you have to predict it's United 
Southampton, very good academy. Very produced good players. Uh, Charlton, Crystal Palace, always tough. Always yeah. tough. But, you know, United, Southampton, tough game. Tough game, yeah. Tough games. Um, there's a question now for you, Steve. Steve, can you connect Fabrice to Rotterdam 1991? Definitely. Just give me 20 minutes. Give him 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've also got another chat question from uh, Damien. Um, Damien Alban says, Hi guys, I've been in hospital for 20 days now having a spinal stroke, which left me, left me not being able to walk. Any advice from Fabrice up the paddock? I think that's sort of any motivational advice. My, just be, you know, be open-minded. And obviously when, you have, when you're next in the, in the hospital, you're very much of a close-minded person, and your, your your feeling is all over the place. You know, be uh, open to listen to what the doctor has to say, yeah. and uh, if they ask you to take medication, take medication. If they ask you to start work, you know, working out, just work to your body's in the right when older, then you can go, go back into work. I said we all have a different medical history, and then I just hope that he get well very soon. Thank yeah, you. get well soon, mate. Twenty. Can you DM us some details in there and we'll send you a scarf and a flare, let that off in the hospital. I'm sure that's yes, fine. Yes, nice. That's the spirit. Um, I wanted to ask you about that 10 year, obviously 10 year mm -hmm. anniversary yeah. of the incident. And what was your recollection of, 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 of that? If you can remember um, that, that day and what, what happened? Like, it's like a normal day, like a normal Saturday game where you look forward to The game was in the evening. It's, I think, half five kickoff, I think. And um, <coughs> the televised game. Wasn't it, it, was, game, it wasn't ESPN back then before it got into BT. Yeah, and uh, you know you look forward to the game. I'm excited. I'm comfortable, and I'm like, you know, I know I was playing. <coughs> and then as I say when when the game started, so if it's Stephen in front in front of me, I can see him. But I sit double of him, so my vision become blurry. So I can see him, and there's another him next to him, and literally out of nowhere, I literally not far from the halfway line, I just. Hit my head in the ground. That was the last time I was able to play football. But uh, obviously, seeing it, well, I was out for 78 minutes. Um, I couldn't ask for a better place to happen than to happen the football pitch. With the doctors in the crowd as well. What I, are the odds? Was he a cardiologist? Cardiologist as well? had a cardiologist <laughs> who cycled to the game. Uses his nephew's Loser. TK. Barely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the coincidence. <I> <laughs> I had an ambulance which was 10 seconds away from me. Yeah. I had a, a doctor from two clubs. So they all came together. And when you, when you see an image of me being taken up, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. And obviously they had 11 shocked in me to try to get me going again. Um, and then I said, it happened. It took me 78 minutes to get back in. Then when I got back in, I, you know, I didn't wake up to wake up. It happened on Saturday for me to wake up, woke up on a Monday. Really? So the three days, they weren't even they weren't sure if I would remember anybody, because they were worried that obviously I didn't have no oxygen for a while. Yeah, I'll lose memory. I'll be in a very difficult. It's incredible that you know you you're not mentally impaired and yeah. that you know your memories intact. Even the the fact your memory's yeah. intact is wild. I know. Yeah. Well, the, with the memory stuff, I, I use this to my advantage was the missus. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember I what I need to remember. I don't know what I don't remember, remember that day that I died and you're asking <laughs> me to do what, what? what? You know? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean like. You have to make a little bit of life of it, you know. But it's, um, I said, it's, uh, I'm very fortunate just to be here, to spend time with children, get to meet so many people, and then um, being able to just live life. I said, not many people who have gone through this road have came out the way I've came out. Any you know, people lost a loved one. Some people come out in a very difficult 
different, as a completely different person. Very poorly after. Very poor. Well. Yeah. Very, very poor. <coughs> as for me, the only issue that I had is really my memory, and it's getting getting better. Is that I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm okay that I retired from the game of football. It's not a problem at all. I was fortunate after I played the game that with the little talent that I had, I made the most of it. And it was taken away from me because of health issue. No problem at all. As long as I get to stay here, I get to spend time with children, get to meet a lot of people. That's what I can ask for. How much um, was you in your own head watching what happened to Christian Eriksen in the summer? Oh, that, that was tough. That. Yeah. I was, that was horrible. I was at a barbecue, family barbecue. And everybody's outside. I was the one inside watching the game. And I see him fell down. Own. Yeah. And I see him fell down. And I'm thinking, no, no, please, no, please, no. Then my wife, aunt, came in and he saw me. And I, she can see me like I was about to start to tear. I said, please. And to see his missus on the sideline and thinking, like, you almost like, there's a feeling that you really suppressed there. And to see it happen to another fellow professional. And it just, it brings a horrible memory. And you're like, please, I just, if anything good come out of the Euro, it was seeing Christian alive again. That's mm. the best thing come out of you. Regardless of whoever won, I think him being alive and healthy and with his family, that was the best thing. And it was just hard to watch, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, there's a question. I'm sure there's a dozen questions all in the same sort of thing on that. So, yeah, I mean, one of the the good things to come out of what happened with you and, and even with what happened with Christian is, is just the increased amount of awareness about yeah. defibs at, at grassroots football and, and in stadiums and all sorts, isn't it? So yeah. you've been a big campaigner for that. I, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of having access to a defibrillator because I know how much impact it had on my life. And we've seen it in a stadium, the Newcastle game, when the final fall down and then somebody who was nearby know how to do CPR and defibrillator help save life. Christian, by the time Christian left the stadium, he was already awake because somebody nearby knew how to do CPR and then had a shock of defibrillator. So it shows you that if a fire extinguisher is accessible in every single building, I think defibrillator should be mandatory. Teach kids how to do CPR. Defibrillator should be accessible to every single building. And in a, even home should have a defibrillator yeah. just in case because you know you never know. We we I used to work in a fire side place in the traffic center. You've been now in soccer dome, and people were collapsing. And you know we used to use a defibrillator at times. Yeah. We've had to use it when I used to work there. So it's it's vitally important. Like you said, you know, use fortunate might be the wrong yeah. word, but at least when it happens, oh, to you no, had yeah. the medical people yeah. around you. But you know, a lot of fire side places. You know, places is it something? Where, what is it about places, Is it about like? Not, not in Fab's case, but is it something about like grassroots or five-a-side football that it's people who don't have the strongest cardio systems? Yeah, you've got you. I know I play football. Five-a-side football rough. Yeah, it's like <laughs> 40, people my age, forty-odd-year-old men who haven't played for a while, just turning up, running around, and then all of a sudden it's like I'm going to be in a bit of trouble here. So it's vital. What was the response like for Brees when you said that? When you said you know we need to do something about this and we need to try and get more defibrillators. No, that's uh, obviously uh, something you, know, you felt passionate about. It's it's been good. Yeah, but I think. More cases that have risen over the past couple of weeks, couple of months, a year, has even strengthened the importance of having defibrillator and also teaching kids how to do CPR because, as I said, it's you don't realize how important to happen to you, you or a close friend of a family, that you realize if I had access to the defibrillator, it could have saved he or she life. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's more of a just keep raising awareness, learning how to do CPR, and hopefully people can take a lot out of it as well. Yeah, um, obviously it, it's good to see Christian Eriksen yeah. um, back playing again. Yeah, I didn't think he'd ever play again. Um, 
I'm in the same boat as you because I, I wasn't sure. But, you know, and this is me looking at it from in terms of in the medical field, okay? I was down longer than he was down. He woke up on the same day, probably a couple of nights, I, I, I woke up three days after. So there was a lot of chances that likely in that line with him when came back and play football. And in terms of the other side of it, that's between him and the football club. And there's a reason why in Italy, once you have a card arrest, you're not going to play anymore because they just feel like the safety of players should be a number one priority. Here in England, it doesn't look like that, you know. And as long as he's safe, as as long everybody around him know what to do, if he finds something in that circumstance, you know, I can't really give him advice, but at the end of the day, that's his decision. He know? has a pacemaker for it, doesn't he? Yeah, he has a pacemaker. He has a pacemaker, which is good because... It will give an internal shock if you again find yourself so in that situation. Can we talk about this? With yeah. Do you want to explain what? So basically, a, a pacemaker is like um. Best way to describe it is like a seatbelt. Right. Your only way, your only way, you use a seatbelt when you find yourself in an accident. Yeah. So when you're driving very f- fast, and you put your foot in the brake very hard. If you don't have a seatbelt, you go straight by the window. Yeah. But if you have a seatbelt, you stop and go by the window. So a pacemaker, if you're going through that, your body going through, your heart going through that rhythm, it will stop you. It will give you a shock, which means it'll stop you from having another heart attack. And the patient, and and then it's like it's this small this size here, yeah. implant in your chest, and the two wires connected to your artery. Um, before I was against having it, I was wasn't interested in it. I was like, no, 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 no. And she turned around and said, you don't have it. I'm leaving. <laughs> like, oh, okay, great. Uh, so I had it, and that was the best decision. You've had. Two. I had two shocks as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I think you said one was at breakfast. One was at breakfast, my children. Yeah. And I just bang, come back in. And another one, I was just about to get in the car. It happened. And, but I was happy that I got it. Yeah. I mean, that? It, it, it is. Just, there's a few people commenting as well, Fabrice, <laughs> about your, your age. You're 23. Yeah. And you seem sort of very accepting of it and you're like almost like, you know, this happened and I was grateful that the, the career ha- mm-hmm. I had and that I'd played football at the highest level. And is there any sort of feeling about you sort of regret or not regret, even a little bit of anger sometimes when you think, you know, no, I don't have any something regret. was taken from me before really, you know, no, I don't, into I, my prime. I don't have any regret because, you know, I came to England, I didn't have a word of English. And I came to England not knowing to become a footballer. And with a little, I said earlier, with a little talent that I had, I made the most of it, and I played the game, and I lived most kids' dream. Yeah. At some point, my career had to end it anyway, but in my case, it just happened ended earlier than I expected. So, which means I had to change my focus to something different. I said I don't have no envy against any of the guys that are playing football now. It's great, it's enjoyable, I support them, but I look at it as a job. My job finished early. But it's early that I get to spend more time with my children. So either I take that, move forward, or me not being here and my kids don't have me. So you've got to really look at it in that. Yeah. You know? So I said, I'm, I'm okay with myself. I don't, have no I don't know any 23-year-old with that sort of clarity. That is, yeah, it's impressive your attitude is, uh, you know, to be able to look at <laughs> and go, you know, look at the positives of what you achieved. Not not bad considering you turned up at Arsenal and just went, I'm, no, mates, with, it, I'm mates with Rashid, can, ever, can I have right. some training? No, but <laughs> Even that, like, even that, right? It it took me a while to get to this place because I was very much, especially like the first two three years, I couldn't watch football. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't watch football. If I got to watch the football, I would I couldn't watch people doing warm up either. Yeah. No, that would that would that take me that take me to pieces. Yeah. I'll wait to 
just before the kickoff, then I will go in there. You know, when people line up and shaking hands and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh my word, that just, oh, that <laughs> was hard to watch. Really? Yeah, uh, that was very difficult for me. I uh, wait to the boys in the center circle, the referee blow the whistle, then I walk in and go and see myself. What weird thing to to trigger you? That be, because to me, I know all those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see them, and they them have a laugh and a joke about the game. And me sitting aside and thinking, you know, I should be there with them. And not being there with them, it, 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 it's hard to watch. I can imagine. And there's loads of comments, loads of people saying you're inspiring. Uh, little Yo-Yo <coughs> says, Fabrice's story is inspiring, that he's still alive and well and doing the essential things in life is amazing. Um, Neyaskiwa ne says... I, just, I can't on, imagine sorry. the perspective that you know, especially at a club like Bolton, even any club actually, United City or Chelsea even, you tell the players, listen lads, you need to be prepared for the fact that you might not play. You lot might not be playing at 21, yeah, let alone 30. And but what you really tend to see, Steve, is that some people, they're in their own world in terms of the moment they walk in the football club, they think they've made it. That's the issue. That's the problem. And also you have people around them who worship them to feel like they're the best thing at university, you know. And then you have to really tell them to listen, it's great that you're here, but this is just a start. It will take so much more for you to stay here long term. Mm. And if you don't get it quickly enough, you'll be just another statistic just out the door. And parents need to be reinforce them to children. You know, Stephen, I wasn't allowed out to probably I was to uh, become a first year scholar. If, when I when I become a first year scholar, and the, the latest I can come to my house is ten o'clock. I wouldn't stay long enough because I know I had to work hard. And me and my dad made this pack, say, listen, if you're gonna do this, you do it properly. If you don't wanna do it, don't bother. You know, my dad is African and they more strict about education. And the only way I was able to play football as long as I got my homework done on time. Otherwise, that's not even a discussion. Mm. Yeah. And that's just stay in me. And it's just like, if you're gonna do it, you do it properly. And and if you're gonna stay behind practice, practice. If you don't, you're not sure, ask questions. You wanna get a sign up, don't you? Just put 99%. And I'm going, what does that mean? It means 99% you aren't going to make it. Yeah. Who's going to work the hardest? Be the yeah. 1%. Um, like loads of people saying great podcast. Um, Court Star says, my cousin passed away as a teenager after suffering a cardiac arrest on a football pitch. Yeah, I mean, it's shocking that it does happen to, to a lot of people. And it's always something you're trying to, you know, stop from happening with your work and, and defibrillators and, and bringing it in. And hopefully people are getting the message and... Because like you said, you know, we're, we're still seeing it now. We're still seeing it. Yeah, we're seeing no, Eric's no, no. It's still it, um, I said, it, it, it's a common issue that's barely people speak about. And I think once it happened to a loved one of yours, and all of a sudden you get a wake-up call, and obviously we're sorry to have a loss of remember family. But I think the most important thing is that we need to be have access to defibrillator. Even though they're, they're staying alive advert, there's a humor behind it, but there's a huge message behind the whole advert, mm. you know? It's, in, it's on all FA level one coaching yeah. courses now, yeah. which I, I imagine you've had a big part in. Yeah, I, I mean, the FA, obviously when it happened in the FA Cup, a lot of a lot of things changed around there. You know, whereas before, they never used to have an ambulance next to pitch side. Now every single Premier League game, there's an ambulance right next to the pitch side. Uh, it, it makes so much sense. It's not even just the 11, 12, yeah. 22 players. No. There's so many people. In, there's literally, there's thousands of people come to this place. Percentage-wise, something's going to happen to someone at some point. Yeah. 
Um, Santa Notch says, what is Fabrice's thoughts on the England youth setup? He played a few times. What do you think of the England youth setup? Um, I was fortunate enough that got to the final under 21. Uh, we lost to Germany 4-0. But the funny thing is that that same Germany squad that we lost 4-0 went to South, to South Africa, beat England in the quarterfinals, I believe, mm. with Noya, Ozil, Kadir. And I just think now that a lot of guys are getting opportunity. Whereas before, to get a call-up for England, you can play two or three seasons, great season, you never get called up. Yeah. But now I think it's more accessible, and I think there's less... I just think because there's, there's less talent of a pool available to, the, to, the, to Gareth, hence why he picked who he has to pick. But it's more like, once you get in there, you've got to make the most of the chance of you. you know, regardless if you're getting there for five minutes, ten minutes, just grasp the opportunity. And my, my team that I played, uh, if I can recall, Theo, uh, Gabby, Mika, Nadem, Joe, there's a lot of careers in there. Yeah, because I remember, I remember yeah. that team. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. the team like getting to the final yeah. because it was which one I can't remember. There's penalties along the way, wasn't yeah, one yeah, of the we, rounds? We, we got I remember to the Joe Hart giving someone grief when they were yeah. taking penalties. <laughs> you know what he's like. Every time someone steps yeah. up to take a penalty, he was giving it. You big man, really. you know, leading to the tour, yeah. man. You know how much we practice penalty? Go ahead. Every day, really. Every day <clears throat> after every training session, penalty. Yeah. After every penalty, every day, every single day. So. To get to the final was great, but it's just a shame that we lost against a world-drilled German side, you know, but it was a great experience, great, great experience. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a German side that had started uh, the revolution, revolution yeah. Yeah. probably six, seven years prior to that, so mm-hmm. he was really seeing, like, the fruit of that, and obviously yeah. it you know, it, it went on and won the thing, didn't it? A few won years the later. thing, won the World Cup, and won the Euros. You know, and the genuine golden generation. Yeah, yeah, it, won, yeah. It, it won a lot. One, one of the burning questions, though, that everyone's got, and people joining us, and I've got, is how did you end up in the dugout with Stephen Nelson? <laughs> like that is the biggest sort of revelation I've heard in my life. Uh, <laughs> like, when, yeah. when he told me this was going on, I was no, like, I, "What?" He asked me. To, I was like, "Yeah, I'd love to be here, now, you know." And uh, Pete wasn't available. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was. It was. It was good to see. It. Like seriously, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it. And. Uh, and you see the passion come from him and, you know, everything that was on the touchline. Great advert, seriously. Especially the part where he had to stick his leg out. Oh, my <laughs> word. That just... <laughs> I was like... And I forgot about it. Everybody's going crazy. I'm in touch with thinking, I'm not involved here. I'm saying... <laughs> Got the right idea, Fabrice. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Stay out of that nonsense. And in one part, one of, the, one of the opposition side walked past him and literally, like, on his face, I said to him, I said, you got some patience in you because I would have just... <laughs> Then they just lost it there. Yeah, then I booted him out like <laughs> <laughs> not patient forever. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned quite a few players that you played alongside yeah. playing against. Who's the, the I know it's a, an old question, but it's always interesting to know who's the toughest opponent you played against. It's gotta be Jeremy Lynch, right? <laughs> No. Yeah, what people asking him this about this, Jeremy Lynch? You, you're, not, you're not a YouTube kid, I'm, are you, I'm Jay? sorry, oh. I know I'm on YouTube, I don't know. Jeremy this Lynch Jeremy Lynch, Lynch, what is this, He Jeremy was at Lynch? Arsenal um, no. in the academy, which he must be a similar age no, to no, you, no, no, This is a guy went on X Factor, yeah? Right, and uh, Britain's Got Talent. Britain's I know about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so this he, guy, the, the part where he footballer. said he Freestyle. was at Arsenal. Yeah, and he was the most technical, was the most technical player Arsenal ever seen. <laughs> and I think yeah, I've heard vaguely it's heard a year above this. me. Right. So I called somebody who's a year above me, <laughs> and I called the head scout at that time who's still there. I said, "Do you remember this guy?" He said, "No." Thank you. There's a video of him playing. But I don't think like 
this is not we're not having a big this I don't think he was actually like in the academy. <laughs> but he to go on national TV to say that you're like So he claimed that Arsene Wenger said that he was the most most technically gifted, gifted player, player ever seen. ever seen. And right. you're like, you do know, I mean, I'll give Terry Henry shit just as on a, on a rivalry front, but <laughs> yeah. let's be honest, he was pretty yeah. good. Fabregas was all right as well, wasn't it? Yeah, there, there's, there's some, right some decent players, players there. there, you know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> to, to come that quote, you're thinking, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> why, why say things like that as well when you can get found out when you can just ring up the scout and go, no, it's Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. People have heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, but it's you're like. Demonstrably false, you know what I mean? No, I'm like. That's a bold statement right there. You're thinking of thinking, the man the player that come through that door, and yeah. for you to say, a I was the club technical yeah. club, like, for you to say that you're thinking, okay, I mean, listen, it done well for himself anyway. Well, yeah, because I keep hearing about him. He's popped some of the comments and I see like these <laughs> things. I don't really know a lot about him, but I hear this Jeremy Lynch name bandied um, about a lot. And the news Sam. on Britain's got to tell him. Big Sam. Big Sam? How good was Big Sam? Sam is very good. Very, very good. In terms of, Mentoring management, Sam top draw, top, top draw. I mean, anybody who plays for Sam will tell you. Sam knows how to get the best out of the team. He knows his players' strengths and weaknesses. He knows how to motivate the squad, you know. You can't always keep everybody happy, but once you're in there, you walk, you want brick, cross brick wall for Big Sam because you know what you get from him. You know, but Big Sam will tell you, oh, next week we don't have no FA Cup, you win the weekend, well, I'll give you four days off. That's for that's for player. You're thinking, okay, we win the weekend, our four days off. You get motivated. It's a little thing that psychologically have an impact on the players, and guys grasp to that. And Big Sam is very good at doing that. You know, he knows when to take you out of the fire. He knows when to put back in. You know, what was it like working as well? You obviously worked Big Sam. Works like working with Arsene Wenger. Did you have a lot of dealings with him because obviously you went out on loan? Yeah, when you start to work around the first team, Arsenal, uh, it was very very especially before like like match day the level of detail we're going with take in terms of technical uh, tactical stuff was was too good yeah too too good and as time goes on i just think a lot of club have caught with them but you know you know you know he will get everybody else around him he will put mannequin on the floor he'll bend down and he'll explain people what to do what to do in terms of you know personnel how to our people play and obviously, when you have so many good players, you don't have to talk too much to them. They just pick up a lot of things and they'll run with it. And Arsenal was very good at that as well. And he knows how to motivate the team. Arsenal? Yeah. Yeah, he's one of them, like, you want to hate him, but you can't hate him. He's a, he's a football statesman. Yeah. yeah. Like, when he talks, you've got to listen. Otherwise, yeah. you're just an idiot. Like, there's so many nuggets he'll drop without knowing Yeah. that you just got to listen to him. And he was talking about a lot of stuff on... Um, us as a company, we did the um, the fi the future of football uh, FIFA event of which Arsene was hosting, and Rio was uh, asking him questions and stuff, and it was it was really good to be honest. And the headline stuff was like making matches sixty minutes mm -hmm. and things like that. But when when you look into the like, if you want to give real world examples of that, you know, the ball was in play for eleven minutes for the last thirty minutes of the athletic yes, game. Yes, it was. Well, this would have prevented that. Right. Because what it was going to be is like the ball's only in play for about 54, 55 minutes per night. I don't know how many of you are yeah, aware of that. Yeah. I know it's because every time it goes think? out for a throw in, every time it goes out for a goal kick, the clock's just running. Yeah. Every time someone's dicking around, the clock's running. Well, the proposal was to make it 60 minutes of ball in play. So anytime the ball goes out, clock stops. Right, okay. 
So it's a big adjustment to make to that, mm -hmm. but you would actually get 60 quality minutes of football. Yeah. Because um, I know pe people like Stoke, um, they could play 44 minutes in 90 of ball in play. Really? Yeah. And they, that was something that they would go for. Um, footballing teams that are going to keep the ball on the deck and knock it around a bit, it, it does end up in play a little bit more. And, and the opposite is true for teams that go a bit more direct. But you know that was one of the things. And when you 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 see the headline in one of the newspapers, you go, "I'm not having this." Yeah. What's it on about? And then you actually get the explanation. You go, "Yeah, I'm for that. It's more football. Yeah, I'm more football at football. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, and then you kill it. Like we had 19 minutes of time wasted in 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Like the, the Atletico yeah. Madrid game was was so frustrating. It cuts a load of that on the head. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, obviously Arsene Wenger. Um, who was the player like, of all of the players you played alongside that on your team that was a, a sort of the best player you played alongside or someone that stands out? Um, uh, when I came to the Arsenal first team, um, I you know I played I trained with Patrick for six months then Patrick went to Juventus right and I Gilberto and Edu Edu's very very good footballer yeah. very very good footballer Dennis is technical and like out of this world yeah. even Dennis, better, better than Jeremy Lynch <laughs> no comment <laughs> <laughs> Dennis is uh, incredible um, Robin when he came in Robin he was very slow, really? but Robin just went, pff, literally the improvement, it was just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, Robin. Um, I mean, you, you, you said the usual one, it, Thierry and Dennis and... Um, and no, the one no. that surprised me the most, that went on, it was Song. Really? Because when Song came in, you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know Arsenal didn't know how to pick player, but this one here, I'm not sure. Yeah. But Alex just went from... Work to work and it got better. Who's and better. the centre half that he signed by mistake? Was it Senderos? Philip, yeah, Philip, yeah, yeah. Philip. Was Philip, it like Philip. people winding him up and he? he no, it him. wasn't that. I mean, Philip is Stepanovs. Oh, no, Stepanovs. Yeah, was it Stepanovs? Not Philip Senderos. Sorry, Stepanovs was that like a? I seen. A, I think it, it was, was Keon. Keon and, and like winding him yeah. up on a front lay. No, I, I, I can understand that because <laughs> you know Martin's always a joker anyway. <laughs> you know? But uh, the, the, whenever you got across the trend, the first team. Just you got to pick, learn a lot from those guys, you know. I mean, so it's just, see, when you're naming players, there uh, you're like, yeah. And I remember hating these players <laughs> as a United fan, like because we had some yeah, battles I with I Arsenal. I always remember the game United play against Arsenal when Roy and Patrick was at each other's faces. Yeah, I was right at the back. Well, yeah, because I came in late, and because we at Highbury, if you if you watch Highbury closely, where Ar where the Arsenal bench is, right behind it, that's where the, the academy let's see. Like, we had the best seat in the house, and. Uh, I walked in late and you can see Patrick and Roy pop on each other's throat. Like, I'll do this to you. You will see. You're always a good guy. I'm not a good guy. And Patrick <laughs> went straight to Gary. That's what he tricked him off. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> peeking behind, you know? What's <laughs> like, going on? Yeah. Like, like, and then you sit there, you think, wow, man. And when you see this kind of stuff, you're thinking, you've got to be motivated to become a footballer. Not just that, but that feeling, that ambiance that you've got, that competitive age like I want you know I want to be part of it you know that's still one of the best Premier League games ever yeah. it is I think do you think we lost a little bit of that oh, because yeah. I don't see that sort of no. now even when you have these big teams or these rivalries and United still have them no we're not exactly challenging for league titles but there doesn't seem to be that level of almost hatred and anger yeah and I think 
It's like you everybody's don't really so, see that. Everybody's so friendly towards yeah. each other. Which is Bring back hating people. I know, but you don't you see it after the game people like rival players taking selfies together. De Gea did it with was it Lorente mm, after Yeah. Yeah, 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 after the was it the Villarreal the, the what, Europa No League? on Tuesday night. Oh on, sorry, on Tuesday. Sorry, I thought it was one after the Europa League. Oh, was wow. it was it after after the Atletico game he did one with Lorente? Oh man, I didn't realise that. In yeah. the tunnel? Big grin. Oh wow. This is what I mean, man. I miss the days of yeah, <laughs> Roy Keane trying to kill someone Ripping in the tunnel. people by the throat and that. Um, what are you talking so I'm going to say you two, you two do more. You join in stay on any more coaching yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely yeah. when the time we'll come in again and I'll, I'll bring him to Bolton, come watch some of my oh, yeah, boys. Oh, yeah, i a bit of that. Come show, show them what, what to do and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is cool, like, I hope you're going to document this. I want to see the video nah, on this. I'll, I'll this is a sitcom in the making. I'll tell him to come over. Yeah. Come on, here's a boy, 16 of them, take a session. I'm outside, I'm outside the lane, you won't do it. It's no problem. Wait, hey, is... Bolton's Academy ain't got a clue, have they? <laughs> what are they going to get? He's like, out the window, why are they all crawling before on the floor, Steve? Start, What's I'll going say, on? I'll why are they all doing press-ups? <laughs> before the session, I was like, Steven, just calm it down. Do what I need to do. Only say just 45 fucks, all right? <laughs> don't lose it, okay? <laughs> They're 16. You can't hit them. You can't hit more than one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Fabrice, man, it's been such a pleasure having you on and chatting to you. It's the first time I met you. Oh, thank you. You guys have been an inspiration. Loads of people in the comments have been saying the same thing. It's been inspiring listening to you. And glad you're back in football as well, coaching. I know you've been doing stuff, yeah. uh, but back at Bolton as well. Yeah. Because it's a bit sad as well, isn't it, what happened with Bolton in terms of like, I know we've not got, a, as United fans, we haven't got a Honestly, massive affinity to them. As a United fan, no. And, but <laughs> there is a little bit of that. Maybe, yeah, all right. I get where you're coming from, but. I think it would have been look. nice to have Bolton, Blackburn all in the Premier League because it would yeah, have been more marketing stuff around the North West, you know? For Bolton and for Breeze, I'm happy. Yeah. Because those two uh, yeah. need to be back together. Yeah. That's, you know, he I've, needs when to I be... Say, <laughs> when I say what happened, like, not just Bolton, but like with Barry, we've seen with Macclesfield yes, struggling, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wigan yeah. struggling, the, the whole North, like, especially Greater Manchester teams, yeah, yeah. have just... There was a time when it looked like none of them were going to make it over than United City, so... It's good that you're back there and hopefully... I, I, I do love how strong football is in the region and that yeah. is a part of, you know, that's... If you look at the 10 boroughs of Manchester, you know, Rochdale. Rochdale's got no right to have a professional football no. team, yet it mm -hmm. does. Yeah. Bolton, you've got a team in there. You've got Wigan in, yep. the, in the mix. You've yeah. got, obviously, Salford City now doing bits. You know, you come all the way back around, you've got Stockport yeah. flying at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, you come around to Tameside... No professional team, about a million non-league teams. Yeah. Literally no right to have that many non-league teams in the mix that they've got there. Uh, and then obviously you come into the city centre and you've got you've got all sorts going on. Football in the greater Manchester region is, is very, very strong. And you know, here's, here's one for you, Stephen. You making, are you making Champions League this year? Oh, oh. Me and Joe spoke about this earlier. I think Arsenal are going to cock it up royal, but we won't take advantage. They're going to drop loads of plenty points that we should take advantage of, but won't. And then I have one. If you're the manager at United today, who are you chopping off? For them not to come back in for next season, who are you literally saying, you know what? There's 14 of them. Let me get a list. Let me get a list. Do you tell you who I'm keeping? Who you're who you keeping? Who you're who you chopping off? Hang on, let me get you there. I'll get you who I'm getting. I've got a list. Just while you're looking for your list, do you think United or Arsenal get top four? Who do you think? Yeah, I think Arsenal, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Two points in hand and a point clear. I know, I can't. It's I can't all going to hinge on that game we play against. I don't think we'll beat him in the Emirates. Anyway, uh, anyway. So, right, here's what I'm getting rid of. Pogba, Henderson, Ronaldo, Cavani, Lingard, Pereira, Tuan Zebe, Van der Beek, uh, Matic, Mata, Marshall, Wambasaka, Maguire, Delow and Shaw. Van der Beek has been decent at everything. Has he, though? Yeah, I just think... 
he get, he's got given a random game where he's showing him stuff. I think it just... Because with him, you can you can tell he know if it's South for United, yeah. after 55 minutes, he's getting hooked. You can see in his body language. He can you can see he knows he can score a hat trick first half. After 60 minutes, Holly be like, come he on. He does then. look dead though after 60 minutes. He doesn't look like he's got 90 in the tank. But he came in look a bit. It's, fu- it's, fun- it's funny you named all those players, including Maguire, and you didn't bat an eyelid, but the <laughs> bake. Like, it shows no, I, you like. I, I, you look at it, you're thinking. The, there is in him. There's something in him. Yeah. But it just. Maybe if Tanag comes in, he, he get he might be the one that goes 180, like a new signing, someone who knows what he's actually all about and how to play him. He's got a bit of a cult following anyway. Like United, yeah. he's got a big cult Ray following. Has, about Van 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 off Marshall's dick on it with. Yeah, and they like they, they love him. Fred has been good though. Fred yeah. Been, yeah. Fred in the opposite half, like a new player. Like yeah. he found out he was Brazilian. Uh, then yeah. I think like on on a Wednesday when he did that skill on the other, by the corner bit, I like. Is that his twin brother or is that Fred himself? <laughs> yeah, not only is he just doing normal shit now. We were the same, we were like, what's he's fucking out yeah. Where's his heels and all sorts Hello. of stuff. Do you know what I mean? So Fred's been a surprise success story recently, hasn't he? It's just you, honestly, you don't need, he needs like two more good games to be player of the year. I don't, you're not. Who's, who has wrong. been the most disappointing one? That's a good question. This year? Yeah. Marcus. Oh. I think, really? Over the course of the season? Yeah. yeah, because I thought, Get your injury, yeah. get over your injuries, get yeah. your operation. And he's, he's just been a waste of a shirt this year. I think his is a form and a mental thing, and I think he will come right. Maguire, I think he can't play what we're trying to play. What have you made of it watching United? You're, you know, we're talking earlier no, about, I, you know, the, the great United teams and the, 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 the sort it's of... It's almost like they're there, but they're not there. Yeah. And when the turn up is good, when they don't turn up, they're like, mm, I'm not sure. Um, they're easy to get her. They're very easy. What was the last time we kept a clean sheet? And and also like, um, was it what, Watford? We drew Watford. We kept them down to nil now. Proud of that one, lads. Jeez. Made it hard for them. Hey, what's his name? Uh, one Basaka. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know why they bought you. <laughs> I don't. There's, no, there's no, a ringing endorsement. No, no, like, I say I'm not hot. They bought you. There's a big ass book coming here. Yeah, going forward, you're not giving yeah. me what I want to see. You know, you're not giving me what Carl Walker's giving Man City. You're not giving me what Trent was giving. You're not giving me what I saw Kutz giving Chelsea. Yeah. So if we're going to compare a player, you know, we yeah. wasted 130 million on him and Maguire. Which for a season looked like a decent sign. No, it did. You're right. You know, at would first. You call it, would you call it desperate buy at that particular time? Because now people have been exposed. No, I think we bought them to play a certain way, but because we're not, I don't think we're run right. And I don't think the planning was there. If the planning was there, we'd have said, look, in five years' time, we want to be a team that dominates the ball, creates chances this way, defends on a halfway line. And no one in their right mind was going to sanction signing Harry Maguire for 80 million in a team that was going to do that. Wamba Sakura, I think you maybe thought you could coach more into him because he was a bit raw. Yeah. But 130 million on those when there was Hakimi was available mm-hmm. and I don't know any centre half above League One was available. Wasted a lot of money, haven't we? We have. It's going to be difficult. And like you just named, what was it, 14 players there? I think it was 15. 15. It was, it was a free transfer. Pogba. Pogba's going. Hendo won't be, it'd be a free, I think. Cavani goes as well. Cavani Lingard goes. No one's going to pay for Ronaldo if he goes. It'll just be no, released. Yeah, so there's, there's, a, there's a few. Yeah. This is the problem as well. I don't think 
we've, we're going to bring in that much money. I didn't even mention Phil Jones. But let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, he needs to go. He's going to go in here. So yeah, it's it's wow. going to be a rebuild, a, a massive rebuild, really. But also, there's a, you're going around building a new stadium, or is it a refurbishment at Old Trafford? He's not. He's not. He don't. He thinks that's nonsense. Are we bollocks? Uh, I, I think so. I think it should be. No, I mean, it's I I can understand the desire. Yeah. Reality. They already owe seven hundred million that they ain't paid off. Oh, what, what sort of credit card have we got? <laughs> I don't know. They can blast a billion on it for a new stadium. How about buy a fucking team? Yeah. Uh, if you're in the next four years, you win the title. <laughs> you win some. You went, you go back three silverware. Do you reckon the idea of rebranding Old Trafford would have been a good idea marketing marketing wise? Because right now you're just going through history. Do you know yeah. what it is? I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for a new stadium. Me for, for seventeen I'm, I'm in a minority, years. Though. They've not even put a baby wipe around them at stanchions on the front. Yeah, we've not even bought a carcher to jet wash the bastard thing. <laughs> what makes you think we're going to spend a billion? Like if we bu- if we built a stadium, they'd tell you it was going to be amazing, and it'd be built by the cheapest idiot they could find. It, they not once have since the Glazers come. They haven't spent a penny on Carrington. They haven't spent a penny on the stadium. They've only started spending since we started to fuck it up after Moyes went on the football team. They've spent more on the debt than they have on any transfer or anything, collectively. What makes us think that demolishing Old Trafford and building the fucking condom depot arena <laughs> would be any fucking like best in class? We've done nothing best in class. Oh, God. We can we can hope and dream, but it feels like that all it is. That's all it is. Crap. We don't really trust the owners. So you're not sure by next season's order? I think I'm prepared to give Richard Arnold the benefit of the doubt because I know that he's putting a lot of work in behind the scenes. And I'm hopeful, but not confident, that he can change the rot. I think under the leadership of Ed Woodward, United crumbled big time, made mistake after mistake after mistake. I think getting Ralph Ragnick in was the first step on one path. But you've got to start putting one foot in front of the other on that path and not come back down yeah. a different path. Just, that's the thing, you know, you look at the amount of money. It's, the Glazers have taken all this money out of the club, but you look at the way we've wasted money as well. We've spent so much money on players that just aren't good enough. Yeah, and, and you know, who aren't here. Yeah. yeah. Like, and the wages and everything. It's just, it's a mess at the minute for Brees. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting is one way to put it. Well, thanks again. Yeah, very different. Interesting. 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 No, no, fucked is the word you looking yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> Brees, thanks for coming on. We'll get you on again. And no you can tell us all. more about your adventures with Stephen Housen. Uh, have you, what are you doing this weekend? Fuck all, Jay. Oh, yeah. It's the best way, man. Football's overrated. <laughs> UFC's on. Shout out to Mohamed Makhev, my mate, yeah. making his UFC day. Oh, really? my channel? Oh, yeah, fucking hell. Hey, of course, sorry. Hey, oh, come what? on. Come Is this on. your first rodeo or what? Come on. Um, so, Fabrice so, has got his own YouTube channel. I do a don't match. Do it for Bruce. No, don't no, no. I, I, uh, so I like to do match analysis. I like to. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I just think. Have we got a link for this in the description? We'll, we'll, throw, we'll, we'll throw a link yeah. in the description. So, what are you doing? An analysis? Just match analysis, but yeah. the preview of the game and then see what I think was right, what's wrong. and you know. All games or any team in particular? No, I do all Go games. On, let's yeah. see if we can get him like an extra 500 subs or something right off the back of this. Yeah, so just yeah. search for Bruce Mwamba channel. You'll find it. If the link's not in there already, but it should be in there by now. Yeah, anyways. we'll get that on. So yeah, so you enjoying that? That be, that's, that, that's good. Um, I, I disappointed that I didn't get into it earlier than, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think... Uh, in it now. Yeah. I'm in it now. You're right. I, 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 I mean, it, it's a great way to... Showcase your talent, but also having your opinion about football. Yeah, you know, and and it was, it's your own platform. You can agree to disagree, 
I'm happy to have I'm happy to have people to have a conversation with. If yeah. I'm right, I hold my hand up. If I'm wrong, say, listen, I'm sorry. So uh, I think YouTube is a platform for I think more experts should have their own YouTube channel and showing you know the football knowledge. Yeah, definitely. It's funny now because we've had a few ex players on here and, yeah. and they've said a similar thing on this. I'm like, you know what? Never thought about it really before, but once you start getting into it, it's easy to get into it. Yeah. And it gives you that platform and people obviously want to hear what you've got to say. Um, so yeah, make sure you are checking out. There we go. We've got a link in the chat. So there's a link in the chat there. Go and click on that. Check out Fabrice's channel. Make sure you subscribe to it. It does all the preview and post-match analysis and all that. It's Fabrice my number six on YouTube if you want to go check it yeah. out. Yeah, good Thank stuff. Thank you. And you're just watching UFC? Yeah, I'm just going to watch UFC. Set the messes out. You know, keep it easy. Right, yeah. Well, this has been The Brew with Fabrice Mamba. Thanks Thank for coming you. on. And me, Jay, and Stephen Alston. Make sure you are liking, sharing. Oh, yeah, I'm doing the rundown tomorrow night. Oh, right, we'll go on then. Quick, tell us about that. I'm getting fucking twisted tomorrow night. Come join us. Right, there you go. <laughs> He's on his rundown on his channel. <laughs> oh. Big shout out to Manscapes as well for sponsoring this show. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.